Good morning and welcome to the Real World Podcast. Good morning for us wherever you are, whatever time of day it yeah, is. Yeah, good morning. We're happy hey, to. Good morning. We're happy to see you. Uh, welcome to the Real World Podcast, where uh, Scott and Bobby tackle real world issues in a real world, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. My name's Tyler. I'm your host. I'm here with Scott hey. and Bobby. Hey, good morning. Good morning, wherever you are. Good morning. I wish I had a cup of joe next to me. I, as soon as you said good morning, I was like, man, I want some coffee right now. We oh. need to make that be a part of this. Yes, that's true. Coffee. Even though I've already had about six cups. Yeah, I just have this glass of water next to me, and I really yeah. wish it was coffee. Yeah, I wish I had more. Well, what is new <laughs> with you? Well, let's see. The latest thing for me is um, looking at houses. Looking oh, yeah. at possibly moving. You guys are looking at moving. Yeah, we're looking at moving. Uh, I have a son that lives about 80 miles away with the grandbabies. I watch them once or twice a week, and it'd be great to get closer. So we're looking at trying to move about halfway in between and uh, nice. looking at keeping the existing house and uh, youngest son. Oh, you guys are still looking into that part. Yeah, I think Brian, Brian's got a solid yes from Jared. I Maybe I shouldn't. You can say first names. First names are okay. Yeah, first names are good. And so I think he's looking for one or two more roomies. Wonderful. Yeah. So if you're looking, if you're looking to rent a room, (laughs) 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 that's right. That's right. And your budget is. That's right. That's right. That's right. And the address is. And my social is. (laughs) So let me just tell you though, it is really stressful looking at homes, and because you don't. There is not a single home out there that gives you everything you want. We've looked at new homes. We've That's why you got to build your own. Well, yeah, but that, talk about stress. There is major stress <laughs> in building your own home. And so you really have to pick and choose what's most important. And basically what I'm looking at here is buying a property that enables my father to live with us and have his own entrance. So kind of like a Gen X. Mm. Um uh, they've called them different things over the year. You could say it's Granny a guest home. house. It's a mother-in-law yeah. suite. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they're calling them Gen X suites. Why are Gen they calling X them Gen X suites? Because apparently these young Gen Xers live at home for a long time, but they get their own place. They get their uh. own outdoor <laughs> entrance and they get their own little kitchen and bedroom and den. And so I feel like there's probably a better name out there with the greatest yeah. generation, like the greatest <laughs> suite or something, you know, since that's what you guys are going to be using it for. Uh, Yeah. That's right. Because he's past Boomer. Oh, he's yeah, greatest. He's past, yeah, yeah, he's greatest yeah. generation. He is. Yeah. He is. yeah. We yeah. didn't talk about them or Gen Xers really in our in our opening. No, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. It's because so they're not important. Just he's kidding. He's basically 84. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 So anyway, just that whole thing. And I, gosh, I really commend um, the people that are or have had to deal with this in taking care of aging parents and those Mm. issues and i do have a lot of friends that have had to deal with that and especially ones where their parents have gotten alzheimer's and um what a challenge in finding appropriate care Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of times in the interim period you have them in your home and you're trying to take care of them properly and then it gets to a point where you just can't do that anymore yeah and then on top of that let's add you know this is 2020 and some of those people are not only taking care of their aging parents but they're raising their grandchildren I cannot mm-hmm. even fathom that. We have a gal in our Wednesday Bible study that uh, is raising her grandchildren, yeah. and I just cannot even fathom that. Like, I love my grandchildren, right? I love spending time with them. I cannot imagine. But it's nice to be able to hand 24/7. them back. 7. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine 24-7, <laughs> because, you know, we're not built for this. Like, yeah. we don't have the energy level. Well, I've always said I love my friends that have kids, 
because I get to experience the fun parts and I can goof around with them and, and do stupid stuff. But I can't, I can just give them back when I don't want them anymore. True, but we want you to have children though. I can just, if they got a poopy diaper, hand them back. Oh, you know, poopy if diapers they got, are nothing. If they're screaming, hand them back. I can just do all you the fun stuff. You can handle it, Scott. You yeah. can do it. The you fun stuff it. is where Come it's on. at. I, I need more grandchildren. Come on. <laughs> Um, well, I recently, um, and this is not a promo deal for them, but I recently got like the Invisalign type things. They're not called Invisaligns. They're called, it was from Smile Direct Club. Mm. Um, and so they send out a, a free, um, impression kit and I took impressions of my teeth and then I sent it back in and then, um, it, it ended up just doing like a monthly payment. Um, and they send out Invisaligns every month for me to, to wear and straighten my teeth. It's supposed to straighten my teeth over the course of five months. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I, you know, so and I just reason- started that yesterday is when I got my, when I got them. I'm not wearing them right now though because I have a little bit of a lisp, yeah. and so I figured it'd be better to take them. But off let me this. just interject. So Scott did have braces for a period of time, and the dog chewed his retainer, and then he never said anything. We didn't know this happened, and then it became too late for us to replace his retainer. So thank you, mom and dad, for spending five thousand dollars for <laughs> my teeth that he now has to pay himself to straighten yep. up. Yeah, I didn't yes. wear my retainer. Yes. <laughs> it seems very you, on Scott. brand for you though <laughs> it actually wasn't the dog thing though the dog thing was jake oh the dog jake, thing was jake Jake's and jake's teeth stayed fine well jake yeah. did tell you guys and got well, he a did replaced. get a replacement yeah. but i thought you so you just i had not mine to i just it? didn't wear it it was uncomfortable that's much more on brand for you it was just uncomfortable and so i just made the choice wow and wow. I'm reaping the I'm reaping what I sow. <laughs> right, that's I'm true. Reaping what I sow. You are reaping what you sow. So now to you're pay paying for out of myself. your own pocket. Yep. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. they're in a decent enough place to start because I did have uh, braces right. when I was younger. True. Yeah. But well, your upper teeth seem much better than your lower teeth. Yeah, my yeah. lower teeth got very crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, and my upper teeth actually couple... have a little bit of gaps, so they're kind of trying to bring my upper teeth in a little bit and then spread out. My and then you teeth. had to have a couple teeth pulled when you actually had your braces mm-hmm. put on the first time. Cause you had too much crowding. Yeah. I had two teeth pulled in my uppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is why yeah. they have plenty of space now. Right. I didn't have any teeth pulled down below. Ah, got So it. it went back to crowding again. I see. Does it hurt at all? Like, do you have any soreness or anything? Um, it feels kind of like right after they put on braces where it's, it, okay. you can tell they're starting to move, but it's not yeah. quite sore yet. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, that's awesome. So yeah, that just started. Good. I'm looking forward to having straight teeth in five months. <laughs> I I feel like you uh, just choosing to not wear your retainer is a perfect segue into our main uh, conversation yeah. for today. It was my choice. <laughs> it was my choice. God that couldn't tell me segment. otherwise. So mm-hmm. our uh, our main segment today uh, that we wanted to talk about, we wanted to talk a little bit about free will. Uh, and this is a, a an issue that is probably one of the main points of debate in most uh, evangelical churches mm-hmm. today. Uh, and I'd say probably has been for the last... For a long time. Yeah. It's why it's in scriptures. They were talking about it back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to start off and get each of your take on uh, free will. And specifically, we're talking about uh, free will... Uh, versus predestination. So we're talking about free will in salvation, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not we have free will uh, to choose God and whether or not we have free will to walk away from that mm-hmm. uh, or the you know whether or not the we're the reverses that we're uh, predestined uh, to choose God. God chose us and we can't say no. Yeah. So Bobby, let's start with you. 
Okay. Um, well, my belief is that um, free will is of our own doing, that, that, that basically he knew in advance that we had or that we would choose him mm. basically that um that it wasn't all predestined because i think we have to choose him every day mm. because i know what it's like to live in this flesh for almost 59 years and i tell you every day it's a struggle mm-hmm. to choose his will over my own mm-hmm. and uh so and and he says that he's a jealous god and so he wants us to choose him if everything's predestined, then I don't, to me, it's almost like, what's the point? Mm. You know, like, h- how do we decide what to do already? Why don't you just do what you want? Because it's already predestined. So to me, there's no hope in that. Mm. You know, there's no life in that. And I think that pleases him for us to choose him. Mm. And I also just want to say real quick, I apologize if you hear things going on in the background. <laughs> Our two dogs are kind of wrestling right now. And so if you hear... Uh, panting and barking and whatnot it's just our dogs having fun together yeah we have a new puppy mm-hmm. and uh, she's a lot of energy yep so she's putting on a she's really cute she's very cute we tried putting her outside and they both were just scratching on the door and it was like that's going to be far more distracting so i just let him back in yep. so onyx is you know probably about 90 pounds big fur ball husky shepherd mix and echo is a couple months old yeah, right? mm-hmm. about yeah. a couple months old little shepherd mix uh-huh. and totally cute. <laughs> Both of them, truly, they're playing with each other right now. It's awesome. You know, I thought uh, when I first saw Echo, I thought she looked like the perfect blend of your two dogs. Mm. She yeah, looks, she right? looks like Bella and she Zoe does. like mixed she together. Does. <laughs> she really does. I was curious what she was when yeah. I first saw her because of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. German Shepherd and Belgian Malinois. So okay. not all right, but but looks very similar. Oh, totally cute. All right. So, yeah, if you hear stuff, sorry, let it go. Let it go. Just keep listening to the sound of our voices. Yeah, there's no real <laughs> violence taking place in this place. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, I, I, where I land on this topic is I think it's a combination of both predestination and free will, but I definitely lean more in the predestination category. Mm. Um, and so I guess I can just kind of start jumping into the – the why yeah why don't you jump into uh sort of how i've kind of structured this i didn't tell you guys this but kind of how i've structured this is almost like a court case so you each have like an opening Opening argument and then we get into the bulk of your you know thoughts and then in the end we have like all right let's uh let's kind of come to a resolution um so yeah if you want to jump into your sort of main body of why you believe what you believe and then you know Bobby will jump in and <laughs> yeah. And I don't quite have all the references for everything. Um, so I can look them up later and put them in show notes if we really want them there. Yeah. Um, but for me, when I, when I read passages of scripture, like Romans eight, nine and 10, um, where he talks about, uh, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Um, and we see the word predestination in there. And then also like Romans 9, it says, um, Jacob, he loved Esau, he hated. And then he talks about how Pharaoh was created for destruction. And then he goes on to even talk about, um, and this is Paul writing to the Romans. He talks about as uh, we're kind of like pots that were created. And a potter can make two different pots, one for um, honorable use and one for dishonorable use. So you can make one 
clay pot that's used to hold fruit at your dinner table and you can make another clay pot that's for pooping and peeing in and who are the clay pots to decide what their use is and what they were destined for um and so those uh, are some of the the main passages of scripture um and then jesus himself in john chapter 6 says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day and so i think and here's where I land on it being both. I don't think humanity has choice until they are saved. Mm. And once they're saved is when they get the choice. And until we're saved, we are completely enslaved to our sin and our flesh. Um, and then when we're saved, we have the option to choose to follow Jesus or choose our flesh. And that's where we have that dual choice, that dual nature on an ongoing basis as Christians is we can choose flesh or we can choose God, we can be enslaved to our sin or we can be enslaved to God going forward. And so I think up until we are saved, we don't have the choice to do anything. It has to be the Holy Spirit that comes in and quickens us to make that initial choice. And then from that point forward, we have the choice to follow or not. Okay, so my question to you on that is, but the the act of being saved, you're mm-hmm. saying is predestined. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking up the definition of predestined and it's basically of an outcome or a course of events determined in advance by divine will or fate. Um, but to me, that still doesn't determine what you would choose. Like I, using your argument about, okay, once you are saved, then you, um, then the free will comes into play. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you still have to choose him every day. And I know that takes us back to the question of, well, once you're saved, can you lose your salvation? And, you know, I do believe that can happen if somebody rejects the Lord after they've professed it. So I'm trying to wrap. What is, what is exactly is the question? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me just say this, folks. So, you know, he's a theology major, and I am not. Uh, he is a Bible scholar. I am not. And so uh, it's kind of probably pretty weak for my arguments compared to his, in a sense. Um, although I've lived longer. But I've I want, seen yeah, yeah, you, have, you definitely yeah. have more life experience. And I want I it to more be more, experience. we can even just talk um, less, like, here's exactly what Scripture says, right. and okay. more just back and forth with right. us. Right, right. Um, and of course, in scripture is what's influencing both of our thought train of sure. thoughts. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm not even sure what my question is, Scott. So why don't you? <laughs> so well, what's well, what's your to me? Uh, what it sounded <laughs> Thank like you, Scott, is time. yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> to me, what it sounded like is uh, uh, ultimately it's coming down to um, free will. Uh, I'm speaking for you, Bobby. Sure. Please feel free to. No, yeah, sure. <laughs> if he says something, that's not what you yeah. think. Yeah, I believe that free will exists, and we see that in people uh, after coming to faith, choosing to walk away from it. Yes, I think that's fair. I think when I think that's the only time you lose your salvation, though. Yeah, I think if if you're you're saved and you're just kind of like living in the world, yeah, and just not really, you know, in the word and and just kind of in that. Uh, relationship with him on a day-to-day basis i don't i don't i think you're still saved but i do think that there are times when um people just get to a point again what takes them to that point i don't know 
but they, I think they can lose their salvation. But then the question would be whether or not were they really saved to begin with? I know that's kind of the argument. Um, but I think they can lose their salvation if they totally reject God mm-hmm. after. Again, that's not questioning God, yeah. but rejecting him. But that may be one of the ways that we see evidence of free will. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And once again, I think free will exists after the point of salvation. Oh. So once again, I think, to reiterate my point, you don't have the choice you don't have choice to do anything but follow your flesh until the point of salvation. And from that point going forward, you can then have the choice. It's the spirits indwelling within us that gives us a second nature that we can either choose to follow God or we can choose to follow ourselves still. Mm-hmm. And so for me, free choice, the last people to have free choice from the beginning was Adam and Eve. And then when they sinned, every child of theirs from that point forward was born with only the sinful flesh. And they didn't have a choice until they were quickened by the Lord. And it was from that point that they could either choose to follow him or not follow him. And I I think it's the same today. I think free choice happens. And we have the Hebrews 6 passage. Uh, I wrote a paper about it in my senior year of high school uh, about losing salvation. And the Hebrews 6 passage does seem to indicate. Now, he's he's talking um, to the Hebrews, of course, because it's written in Hebrews. But... It does say uh, that you can't crucify Christ for yourself a second time. And um, if you, basically, if you were truly a Christian and then you were to reject him, you can't be saved again. Wow. Okay. So I, I guess that was never clear to me. So you're saying you got no second chances. So you better hold on to the Lord when you got him. That's that's what uh, that's what the writer of Hebrews was saying. And specifically, he was, I think, talking to... Uh, He's talking to these Jews who have put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, and then now they're going back to their Jewish To their old Jewish ways. Ah. They're focusing on circumcision, on following law, still on trying mm-hmm. to do to um, earn their, ritual sacrifice. To so, earn their place with God. So we would sit, call that legalism in, mm-hmm. in our church now, mm-hmm. you know, that you had to prescribe to certain things. And there's certainly within Christianity certain... Uh, denominations and things like that that are more yes. akin yeah. to mm-hmm. that where you have specific um, duties to do certain mm-hmm. things right. in order to be a Christian. And I think we're probably aligned in saying, no, that, you know, that that's not appropriate. Yeah. But when it specifically comes to the the, the point of salvation, I'm sticking with it's predestined. Um in Genesis, uh, it talks, uh, God looks over the world and he says, there's no one good, not one. No one chooses God. No one seeks after God on their own will. And then Paul reiterates that in, I think it's chapter six of Romans, um, that no one out of their own free will ever chooses God. It's only God who then approaches us and, and does something in us, which helps us to make that initial choice. And then from there, we're given the choice to, to choose either way. Well, I can't really argue with that per se, except that I do believe, as far as the predestination aspect is, I believe that he recognizes whether or not we would be willing to choose him. And so for those that he knows that would never be willing to choose him, he de- you know, it doesn't happen, right? I mean, so... So I think the challenge Here's, I have with all that as a layperson and not really 
being a theology student and really kind of understanding like maybe, and I know hermeneutics plays a lot into it as we're reading the word and understanding what was going on at that time and, you know, that time period that sometimes we take things out of context, right? Sure. Um, Oh, goodness, I just lost my train of thought because I mentioned that word. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. I love that word. (laughs) Um, I learned that from Scott, and and I was always fascinated by that because, again, I think we do take things out of context. And so we do have to understand what was going on at the time when the various letters and and the Bible was written and and to whom the audience was, and and, um, that's all relevant. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. so taking it back to to free will, to free will at point of salvation, where where you still land on it's your choice. I do land on that because I believe the, the flesh is strong, mm. and and I we have to choose him. We have to do that. I I believe that he doesn't determine that. Like he determines who would may may choose him but it's up to us to decide to overcome the flesh and be willing to choose him i'm gonna throw a hand grenade in here sure awesome uh (laughs) and and watch the uh pieces fall apart (laughs) pieces fall apart (laughs) no uh so uh what what about scott uh in terms of like predestination um does does that make god sort of callous then if he's only choosing some people that's that's where a lot of people have their problems with it and that's why um paul even goes into that passage about the pots Mm. um that was uh to make the point to the people that were reading like who are you essentially (laughs) to to have any say in in what you and really his point is humanity thinks too highly of itself that we are creations, we're not the creator, and that God can create us for whatever he deems necessary. It talks about how Pharaoh, and now the counterpoint to this, and I will give, like you could argue this, um, is when they talk about uh, God loved uh, Jacob and hated Esau, is that he's actually talking about people groups, not about the specific persons, Mm -hmm. and that he predestined Jacob and Jacob's descendants for good and Esau and Esau's descendants for bad, but not the individual people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that God predestines and preordains nations, sure, but not necessarily people. Yeah, that yeah. that choosing uh, choosing the Jewish people is not the same as choosing, choosing person. one person mm-hmm. for salvation. Yeah, and that you know, I was just looking here at <clears throat> in Deuteronomy thirty, where he says, "I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice, and holding fast to Him." For he is your life and the length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So I think along those lines, I that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. you know, that it's kind of like a group of people. And I think about, and this has come up um, just recently in our um, community group and so forth, about how important the prayers of our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents are, and that it affects us. Mm. It affects kind of where we land. And that's kind of, again, with the free will. It's like, I really do think that it has an impact because of the environment that we're creating. And I think it's all a factor. A hundred percent, once again, I think free will exists. I think it only exists for the Christian. And here's here's one of the main reasons why I think that free will exists. 
And it's because relationship necessitates free will. And God is a God of relationships. It's a part of his nature. God, uh, his whole point in creating us was to build and invite us into relationship. He didn't need us for anything. There's nothing that he really gets out of it. He's a giving God and he's giving relationship. But part of what requires a real relationship is a real choice to, to, to choose that person, to choose a relationship with that person. And so God put Adam and Eve here and gave them the choice. They had initial choice. Adam and Eve did. They did. They, he get, built on this whole garden, put them on the earth, gave him a job, all these different things, and says, okay, just the only thing you can't do is eat from this one tree. He gave them a choice. And they chose against Eve, it. Eve, Eve, <laughs> Both of them, not just I know, Eve. I know. Adam, the, I know. So it says Eve eats. And then turns around and hands hands it to Adam. So Adam was watching when Eve eats. Adam had a chance to save Eve from what she was doing, and he chose to do nothing. Hmm. And that's why thanks, Adam. That's why one of the <laughs> the chief problems with men, specific especially in America today, given like all the the awful statistics on men being present in the household, is that men are constantly withdrawn and are constantly leaving their families out to dry and not doing what they need to do with them. Well, it's passivity. It's the passivity mm. of men that destroys the world. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that. And I've said for so many years, I am so thankful that, that you and your brothers had your dad mm. in the home mm-hmm. because he was mm-hmm. such a, um, a good father, um, father first. And then in the last say 15 years, much more of a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. He wasn't so much of a spiritual leader the, the first half of your life, but Mm-mm. the second half of your life, no, he and was. That's, that's really a lot of what drew me to pursue a lot of the education that I did mm-hmm. was um, we didn't really talk about a whole lot of Christian things growing up. We didn't. You guys were always very involved in our lives, always in our sports games, always like helping us with school, all that kind of stuff. And you guys invested for us to go to private school, which mm-hmm. is cool. Private Christian school, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Which we never important. really had any kind of theological thought or discussion we at didn't. home around the dinner table or anything. And so for me, it was very much, okay, I need to, like, if I'm, if this is what I believe, like, I need to really know, I need to figure these things out. The reason I bring that up is that it reminds me of what you said about being withdrawn and everything. And I really feel, and you know, you're, you know how wonderful your dad is. I really feel he felt ill-equipped because I think a lot of times as Christians, um, men and women feel like they can't you know, be leaders or participatory, whatever in things, unless they have this knowledge of a theologian, Mm -hmm. you know, they feel uncomfortable. And I really think your dad was in that category, but we, it was important for us for you to go to Christian school because we knew that that was the best Mm -hmm. place for you because we wanted you to get that. And I think about it and it's like you, all three of you are just like, you know, Tyler, you as well. Um, you know, having that opportunity to be able to learn that as a young person, it, it's just so much greater than trying to learn it as an old person like sure. me. And I think that's one of the, and I know we're on a completely kind of different know. topic Wait, right I know. now. But, I'm a tangent gal, so um, sorry. That insecurity of being inadequate or yeah. not enough is mm-hmm. one of Satan's greatest tools Absolutely. against the kingdom is he yeah. can get people to not talk. Right. Because they don't know, they're not good enough, they can't lead in that category, they can't. Right do these types of things. And so then the next generation is kind of let out to dry mm-hmm. and well, to find things out for themselves. Well, I yeah. do think it's connected in an odd way. I'm going to connect the yeah, dots here. Go for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but I do want to say as well, um, uh, since we're on, we're talking about him. Uh, one of the things I've always really admired about Dave, uh, and I, I use that word admired very specifically, 
um, is that he is a very strong man mm-hmm. and yet very gentle. Mm-hmm. And he's the first man right? that I've ever met. Okay, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He's the first man that I've ever met that really embodied those two qualities mm-hmm. and showed me that they can coexist. Can coexist that totally. they're in that they're in dynamic tension with each other mm-hmm. and they're almost better together. And you know you know that when you have a guy like Dave yeah. who adores holding a newborn baby. Yeah. Think about the men. It's like, okay, I want them when they're two. Right. And they can play <laughs> with me. And there's many men like that. Like they I would don't admit feel uncomfortable yeah. with yeah. they feel uncomfortable with newborns. Dave, I mean, talk about just being delighted oh, by being mm-hmm. able to hold his newborn. Oh. Well, it's just and that's who Jesus was. Like yeah. Jesus Jesus mm-hmm. was God in flesh. He had it immense power he could yeah. have called down the angels to do anything and yet he chose to show meekness and and timidness uh, not timidness but Gentle. uh, gentleness. gentleness yeah um because I mean, he definitely stood up when he needed to yeah absolutely um but didn't beat his chest about it mm-hmm. and so this is how i was going to connect this back is um i i i wonder i i wonder if we do uh, all people have an an element of free will uh, or do non-believers have, sorry, dogs, dogs. (laughs) they're they're playing, uh, but you know, the little one, she's a squeaker. Uh, (laughs) Do people have free will? Let's say uh, a man who's not a believer, does he have the free will to choose to be a good father or not a good father? Or does this free will conversation that we have, is it limited to salvation or is it all encompassing? Yeah. So I think there are what many would qualify as good people in the world who are not Christians. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about the f- this free will debate, uh, more specifically, we're talking about the free will to, do, uh, to choose God mm-hmm. and the free will to do something pleasing to God. Mm. Um, in Isaiah, we read that even our most righteous deeds are like filthy rags to God. Yeah. And uh, it goes in, it, what he's really saying in there to get more into like what the Hebrew words were, was that they're like used bloody tampons to God. <laughs> like he was saying like so our thanks most. Thanks for that visual. Our, <laughs> but he, what he's saying is, and but I, yeah. this is in the Bible. I, I know, I know. Like Isaiah says, even our best, the best thing a human can do in uh, their own power is that disgusting to God. Yeah. And so while we would classify it as good, I don't know if God would. No, but I but I'm asking do we have uh do we have free will to make those choices mm-hmm. if we don't have the free will to choose God? I'm drawing down that distinction yeah. there because you said only Christians have free will. Mm-hmm. So do non-believers have no free will? I think they have free will in that they can choose if if the flesh wants multiple things, they can choose one of those choices. Mm. Um, but they can only follow the flesh. And so anything that a non-believer does, even if it's something that we see as good, it was still something that their flesh wanted. Mm. Hmm. How would you respond to that Deuteronomy passage that Bobby brought up though? Which, which passage? Uh, Deuteronomy 30, the choose life that you and your offspring may live. Uh, So here we have uh, Moses is at the end of his life. He is, Uh, giving a final address to the people of Israel. They're going to go into the promised land and he can't go. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are not Christians. This is 
pre-Christ. Correct. But they do have communication with God. Okay. So God is, while it's very different at this time, he still is in communication with them and is doing a type of quickening with them, I would say. Is there any passage of scripture that says that he isn't doing this level of quickening with all mankind? Um, yes and no. Uh, I mean, there's passages of scripture that talk about how um, everyone's at fault, even if they haven't heard the word, because you could see God in creation. Mm-hmm. You can you can know him by his handiwork. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, not many people hear the audible voice of God. Very few people have in the history of mankind heard the audible voice of God. Well, the people of Israel didn't. For the most part, no. There are very few occasions where masses of people hear it. Yeah, it was um, really just Moses. It was through Moses. But they, he is proclaiming the word of God. And most often, God quickens us through the words of other people. Yeah. Um, very. I, haven't, I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone who just, without scripture just of themselves felt quickened by the Lord to accept God into their heart um, without having that scripture or someone else leading them in it. Maybe Paul. Well, even he had the base, but no, well, I mean, he had the, he interacted with Jesus in that moment. Yeah. But I'm just saying he didn't have, he didn't have scripture. Well, yeah. Yeah, someone I mean, he, else. It was God. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. well, this just kind of takes me to, I'm not, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but when you brought up the whole issue of just looking at creation, I think about like how many people love to either go to the mountains, they love to go to the beach and you look at nature and it's hard for me to comprehend how you can sit on the beach and deny God, mm. you know, that, that, I mean, in just looking at creation in and of itself, you would think that they would somehow have some connection mm-hmm. at that point well, sitting there. Well, here's the thing all. is, is yes. most, most civilizations do. And that's why most civilizations have some kind of deity structure mm-hmm. uh, within them. It's real. Atheists really only exist in advanced cultures, like uh, uncivilized and unreached areas still typically have deities. They look at creation and they say, okay, something did this. Right. I mean, but when you think about like, you know, we can talk about this later, like the theory of evolution and, and which is so taught in schools, like our schools are just so upside down today compared to the way we were taught um, when we were, uh, when I was growing up, I should say, and you went to a Christian school. So it's very different than say the public school system. Um, but I don't know. I think just getting, you know, to the whole aspect of free will, kind of like from your concept, you don't have it until you're saved. Then I think that's kind of where you were going, Tyler, what happens beforehand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I'm saying, and when you brought up the whole issue of, of the, um, you know, just looking at nature, I don't know, the whole concept of just understanding what, what's happening with non-believers mm-hmm. is really kind of scary. Like if they're choosing bad choice A, bad choice B, you're out of the will of God A, out of the will of God B, mm-hmm. um, heaven help us all. Mm. Because there is a factor. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of people, let's get to when you have a terrible situation that occurs and everybody wants to blame God. Mm. It's like, mm-hmm. seriously? I don't know why we don't have more. Because when you look at the heart of man... It's wicked, mm-hmm. right? We're not following the Lord, and we're following and making those choices on our own. And I'm surprised we don't have more, frankly. Yeah, and it's that out of that wickedness that I 
believe that people are enslaved to their flesh. They don't have the choice mm-hmm. to not choose what their flesh desires. I know, so I'm saying, isn't that scary? Oh, that, yeah. That, that thought of not having any free will until you're saved, I don't know, that, that concept and once scares again, it's, me. It's, it's a box of free will because our flesh wants a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. the flesh can drive us to do what we would say as good things, right? I have a spouse. I want her to be happy. Something that I know makes her happy is taking care of my kids. My flesh then drives me to take care of my kids. You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. that we have to, the flesh is more um, weakness than it is necessarily inherently sin, um, okay, I can buy that. I can accept that. Because um, Jesus had flesh, I right? I am. Jesus has flesh. We hear Jesus talk about the weakness of his flesh, right? Jesus got mm-hmm. hungry. Hungry is totally. being a part of our flesh, right? So totally. hunger drives us in things. Sure. And so, um, what, when we talk about flesh and being driven by flesh, like it's our it's our base desires that we're enslaved to mm-hmm. until we have this new nature that gives us new desires. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, we know there's. You know, lots of references to him being the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the the harder conversation when it comes to this stuff is how do you deal then with people groups that have never had yeah. uh, missionary right. expanse to them that have mm-hmm. never heard the gospel, have never seen scripture. Right. Um, are where what happens with them when they die? Did right. they, Do they get an option? Do they not get an option? Yeah, it's a good question. I know I was that was I was actually discussing that with Brian. Um, the other day we were talking about this and um, it's an area I think that we all probably struggle with because we don't know, right. What happens? Um, You know, it just seems to me it kind of is what you said before. I mean, I guess maybe in that arena, I kind of can see Mm -hmm. your perspective because it's like it, it seems to me that if you're out, you're living in a jungle and that's kind of where you live and, and you don't really have any access to any kind of um, society per se. And if you don't have any inclination towards believing in a higher power, um, I, I don't think you're going to heaven. Let's put it that way. I mean, yeah, if you I just, mean, the Bible would seem to indicate that everyone is held accountable for their mm-hmm. lives um, and that God can be seen in nature. And we also know that Jesus says no one comes to the father except through me. So the only way to be saved, the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Right. And so what you believe about Jesus Christ is what determines your eternity. Um, but that can also open up other cans of worms when you talk about um, children that are, that are killed that also Never, they died when they were one. They never got to the point of comprehension or right. um, what happens with, with those things, you know. And for, for that one in particular, I like to go to the Samuel passage uh, with King David, who his, uh, he has the affair with Bathsheba. Bathsheba gets pregnant. Right. And David pleads before the Lord, please don't take this baby from me because God says as punishment, like the baby's going to die. And David pleads before the Lord for a week. And then uh, the baby dies. And then um, it says then that then David went to uh, the the, cha- the synagogue or the chapel or whatever it was and worshipped. He went and worshipped before the Lord. And it David says that he uh, will see his son again. And so th- that's, um, that's David and David's theology in that moment. Mm-hmm. But David believes, and he was someone who knows God, I think, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, he believes, he believed 
that uh, his son would be in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mm-hmm. think that's part of the hope that we have. Yeah. Like uh, we have to, we have to have hope in a lot of different things and faith in a lot of different things about who God is and what he's done. And that's part of why we build relationship with him is we want to get to know him more. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, do we have any kind of final thoughts on this topic? It, it feels like we're kind of uh, coming to a, a, little a little bit, bit of, of a, a close. Yeah. A little bit of a close there. Yeah. I mean, my, my final thing um, is that I s- kind of what I started in the beginning. I think we are all enslaved to our flesh until we get a new nature within us uh, at our salvation when the spirit indwells us. And from that point, we can either choose to follow our, our fleshly desires or we can choose to follow our spiritual desires. And so when we talk about free will, I think sometimes we talk about different things. Um, so when I talk about free will, I'm talking about choosing to do things that are for God and for the spirit and for uh, good and are selfless versus the fleshly desires that are what's for me, how do I make myself feel better, those types of things. I can't argue. Not individually, like I want to wear a red shirt, I want to wear a blue shirt. Mm -hmm. I, I can't argue a lot of what you're saying except that I think even as a child before we're old enough to really truly make that decision, like I felt set apart. And, and so I'm not sure that I could have said that I was saved at say four yet. I believe I knew the Lord at four. I believed in him at four. And so I'm thinking there's still free will then. So free will, meaning choosing to be able to, you know, like you said, making choices for God versus for the flesh, even at the age of four. But if you said you knew God, I think I did. Like I, I felt like and I did. And what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Just no his, things about him. Just his presence. Like I felt him with me. So Even you would say I you weren't choices. saved. Well, well, that's the. I mean, I think that's another question. But it's like, at what point do you become saved? Maybe I was saved at four, but I guess for me, I'm a little different in that. I mean, there was never a time I didn't believe. But I wasn't always, like, making the right choices. Sure. So, but the question for me is, like, but I went forward. But you had the forward, choice at that point. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I went you forward at 14, things, but yeah. I'm saying I believed before then. But so at what point was the day of my salvation? I don't know. It was either 14 or before. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't have an exact day that I know that I was saved. I know it was somewhere in the six-year-old realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really remember what specific day it was. I just remember there was a message and that I felt like I wasn't good enough and I needed God. And then I went forward and said, I want him in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember I, I, we drove back home that day and I told you guys um, not, I told you guys that I had done it, but then I also tattled on Jake. I said, Jake didn't go forward. <laughs> <laughs> But he might have already done it before. I don't. Yeah. I've, I was always he in competition with Jake. So. <laughs> yeah, you you guys were in competition with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, before we get out of here, we have a couple of minutes left, and uh, I thought that it would be fun for us to just chat really quickly about a couple of uh, things that are current events, things that are in sure. the news that sure. m- might be of some sure. divisiveness that we could. Uh, <laughs> uh, so well, what? I can't do, believe that, Scott. What are your guys? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the coronavirus right now? It's kind of a, a it's it's tra- tailing off a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's still a big uh, scare. Mm-hmm. It's in the in the media cycle. 
what are your guys kind of raw thoughts on coronavirus? Don't drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would much rather have the uh, the the Coors virus. The Coors virus, the Coors yeah. Virus. The, the Miller virus. <laughs> Yeah, I guess initially, you know, like Dave and I talked about it, and we didn't understand the hysteria, you know, mm. because we looked at the number of deaths from the flu that and were far greater, yeah. far bigger. And, and that's, so, one, that's a virus we know about. and Right? But then you can get a flu vaccination. And I did listen, or I heard yesterday, that they believe they have a coronavirus um, vaccination that will be available soon. Um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I feel like it, maybe was a little overblown than easy for me to say, right. When I, <laughs> you know, don't have, haven't really unaffected. been. Yes. Unaffected. Do we, by do we know how many people have died from it? Uh, the uh, last time I looked, it was, it was in the, like hundreds. It was yeah. like 1500 is what yeah. I believe as okay. of yeah. yesterday. And, like and most of those were in China. Were effect, infected. Yeah. Most, most of, of them in China. China. Most yeah. in yeah. China. 15 cases in the U S I mean, you look at China and how many people they have 1500 people now. Right. Blessings on those families. Right, of course. Like, I, yeah. I'm so sorry for you guys, but right. 1,500 people out of however, like a billion people, right. yeah. it's right. really not that big of an epidemic. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the scary thing was not so much about the mortality of it, but the uh, how fast it spread. Right, mm -hmm. right. And how, uh, how few symptoms it carried. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm. like you're not very symptomatic, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. dead. Then mm -hmm. you're just in the hospital. Right. Like yeah. The common yeah. cold, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like yeah. it's. Uh, I think yeah. that that was. But uh, it it's been a little comical for me, like seeing some of the news stories. Yeah. There's a. Uh, I will say this. Um, we were close to it because they flew those people <laughs> yes, into March Air Force. Yes, they did, which, which is, is right like here. literally yeah. just miles from here, a few yeah. miles from here. Yeah, and then only held them for like seventy two hours, right. and then released them back into general population mm -hmm. I was like well i hope that they can really tell in that amount of time <laughs> right uh and then the the next thing that i wanted to kind of see what you guys thought about was um uh, again this is a little bit of old news but uh something uh came up uh yesterday actually uh or this morning uh where uh president trump uh in referring to his uh exoneration uh, in the Senate, uh, kind of misquotes Ralph, Wal Ralph Waldo Emerson. Emerson has a fam mm -hmm. famous quote that when you strike at a king, you, you must kill him. Uh, okay. And he uh, changes it to the king. Ah, like capital like he is and he does king. capital K like he's the king <laughs> like he's Jesus no no I think he's the the king of America Got it. Yeah. yeah I mean I here's what I'll, I'll say I would say if he I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to do away with the uh like limit of uh, term, term, term limits and I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if he tried to become the king somehow <laughs> <laughs> he uh he's just so full of himself yeah, yeah. I, I mean I have to he's agree a he's like just personal character you know my thumbs going down you know yeah. it's like I, I can't say I disagree with some of the things that he's done or sure. or proposes uh but I struggle with the president of the United States that's tweeting out things <laughs> he's always, unhinged he's unhinged <laughs> and he disrespects others on an ongoing basis yeah. but i will say he's that not, i don't here's, think it's here's to the biggest, level of what people are charging him with you here's know my biggest fault against him and he's done a lot of bad things is he's not a good man i i can't disagree with that yeah i can't disagree with that i'll tell you what it's a it's like a train wreck 
that you just can't look away from though. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, it's so bad, but I yeah. can't look away. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, that, that one kind of cracked me up. The yeah. King. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I hadn't seen it. Thankfully, yeah, it's it's become like a, a trending topic on Twitter of of just the king is now wow. a trending topic because everyone's wow. like, really, <laughs> versus the boomer or yeah. the okay boomer, yeah, okay, okay. boomer, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, real quick before we uh, end the episode, I do want to give a shout out to Martha who sent us an email uh, over the last week, uh, giving us some feedback on the podcast, things she likes, some things she'd like some clarity on going mm-hmm. forward and just asked us to even like state our opinions a little bit better. So yes. it was great feedback. Uh, thank you so much for, for sending that email in. And if anyone else has, um, thoughts or has a, a topic they want us to talk about or anything, uh, for us, we would love to get an email from you guys. You can, uh, send us an email at hello at real world podcast.com. And, uh, or you can follow us, uh, on Twitter at the real world pod and you can DM us or tweet at us or, um, anything, but we would love to hear from you guys. Well, I just want to, um, give a shout out to some of my friends who, um, it does seem like there's something to this because, um, uh, several of my friends said they really appreciated your opinion, Scott, mm. uh, but they disagreed with me, but they were more <laughs> aligned with my thinking, uh-huh. but these friends of mine are more my age. So yeah. it makes sense to me. And so I believe I even asked you the other day, were you getting feedback kind of similarly? Mm-hmm. And I would think that you are and it makes sense. Yeah. You know, however, I will sense. say this. I had a few of your friends come up to me and say, you were right about age before beauty yes and i, I you know what <laughs> so Scott shout was out right shout out to the people who came up to me i think it was tom yes. who else came up to me and told me well dad else. as soon as <laughs> as soon as dad listened he goes what are you talking about scott's right and i'm like so so i was right uh, about age you before you were right about <laughs> yeah. that i don't know why in the world i thought it was the opposite but you were right <laughs> yep i give credit where credit is due son thank you i love you age before <laughs> beauty you know <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to close this episode out. Uh, Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in, and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. And uh, Scott, Bobby, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys.